Welcome, 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 everyone, to episode 130 of a Play on Nerds podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jarman. I'm the other co-host, Steve, and we're going to co-host the hell out of this thing. And this uh, month of October, we're doing some spooky things, and so we're starting it off with the top 21 zombie films of all time, according to Collider, uh, the online So we are going to use someone else's work and then just judge it openly. As we tend to do. We did nothing to make this happen other than judge other people. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. And I I actually haven't even looked at the list yet. I didn't even give it one look because I was one. I, I took a quick glance over. Make sure All there's right. nothing that's going to catch me off guard, but that's about it. Yeah, I had to make sure at least it was a list that was relevant that our audience could connect to, but that's about it. But uh, yeah, because there's other ones that are out there that are listing art house films that no one's heard of and no one wants to. Yeah, who that. cares about that crap? <laughs> who cares about art? <laughs> Not us, but no. that's later. <laughs> Oh, that's right. So what have you been up to this past week? We're getting these out there so fast. I don't even know what's going on. That's right. Uh, we had a team event, uh, which was, I think I mentioned last time, and it was carnival themed. And there were circus performers and a magician, jugglers and accordion players, and like uh, athletic artists who did crazy contortionist kind of stuff. Uh, and good booze, good wine, good food. It was a real good time. And all took place at Mighty your work? time. Now, a winery probably 20 minutes away that we rented out. Nice. Uh, and then after that, I just had a big cleaning weekend. My parents, uh, who are in town as of right now, uh, were, are, are here, were coming. And so uh, <laughs> we battened on the hatches and we shampooed the carpet and deep cleaned the bathroom and the kitchen. And we reorganized some of the furniture and we had a weekend. That's pretty intense. Oh, boy. Dude, it's tough being all adult and shit. <laughs> it's true. But uh, what, what have you been up to? I'm sure your parents appreciate that. And the fact that we timed these episodes for your listening audience perfectly so that we could do it tonight and possibly next week, right after your parents are leaving. So it's going to be perfect timing. Yeah. We're making this happen for you. Internet. It's all for so you. Listen up. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Well, I, 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 since I have a new lady friend, I, I've been more interested in getting out of the house more and finding cool things to do around Orlando, Florida, where I live that aren't, you know, theme park related and aren't terribly expensive. So have you asked her if we can say her name or she's still, yes, her name is Joe Lee. Okay. Joe Lee. There you go. Listening audiences. So person uh, yeah, Jolie and I'm looking for things to do and activities, seeing a lot of plays. And also there's tons of things to do. And if you live in a mo- moderate sized city, if you go on Facebook events and just search for your area. So I've just found lots of festivals and that kind of thing to go to, which is exciting. But I went to one that was a friend's birthday party. Uh, it was okay. just a little outdoor market festival thing with a band and face painting for kids. And then it got a little spookier later at night. And right across the street was karaoke. And I went dressed as the whole thing as Dread Pirate Roberts from Princess Bride. And it was really Very fun. Nice. I got a lot of weird looks, but I sang Michael Bublé in karaoke addresses Dread Pirate Roberts, which is a That's true. Strange it's still thing. just a little early for costumes to be acceptable. Yeah. People were like, okay, well, he, he made a choice. He's going for yeah. it. <laughs> they just think you're really into it, man. 
And I wore these shoes that I've had since high school, these, these pirate boots, and they did not fit well. My feet were dead by the end of the night, and then they fell apart as the night ended. I was like, oh, good. You lasted just long enough to die. <laughs> so <laughs> One last trip, old boy. Yeah. One last trip. And I set them out to sea and on fire in a little Viking boat, and it was fantastic. Aww. And then tomorrow night, I have my first improv show ever, so I'm a little nervous. Oh, tomorrow's your preview. Yeah, our little preview thing for this level one class of the improv classes I've been taking. This is like the, the do you, graduation. Do you know what you're, did you guys decide on a set? Kind of. How, um, how's it going? He gave us a list of games and said for the class to choose which ones they don't want to do or ones they're really excited to do. And he'll kind of make a list of games from there. But we're definitely okay. doing uh, Blind Freeze, which uh, for those who don't know, is where the crew members line up and then one person looks away and then two people start a scene preferably a physical scene where you're moving your body a lot and then someone yells out freeze either the host or someone else in the crew and then you uh the person turns around who wasn't watching the scene and just has to tap one of the people out and take their exact position and then start a whole new scene with a whole new intention um so we're definitely doing that one with us and one other class so there's two level one classes going to the same show um so that'll be fun yeah it's gonna be interesting all right well good luck to you oh, i appreciate it i just want to be Don't over fuck up the landing as soon as possible <laughs> Just drink your way through it, man. Oh, God. If only I could. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's bring up some nerdy news then. I think it does. Oh, yeah. It's time for nerdy news. So what you got for us this week? Something with a funny name? Uh, With a cheeky name. Zebra can't change its stripes. <laughs> uh, and zebras have these, sh- of course, a striking black and white stripe pattern uh, that's been hypothesized for about for years, whether it be camouflage or predator misdirection or part of mating displays and tons and tons of other ideas. But these Japanese researchers may have cracked the barcode, so to speak. Interesting. They took seven Japanese, uh, six Japanese black cows, and recorded the amount of biting flies that landed and bit on them as well as the amount of times they did what they termed shooing behavior, Mm -hmm. which is them flipping their tail or their ears to try to rid themselves of these insects. Gotcha. Uh, And they recorded both of these things. And then they took these cows and they painted two of them and left one of them black. And one of them, they gave a black and white stripe paint job. One of them, they just gave black stripes to, even though the cow was already black. Mm-hmm. And the other one, they just left completely alone as a control. And they recorded them over a few hours. And the difference between biting insects on the pattern and not were in were crazy. Uh, the uh, shooing behavior for the one that had the black and white stripes was 30% less than the ones without. And the recorded lands and biting of biting flies was 50% less. Wow. Because of some, for some reason, the pattern messes with bugs and deters them in some way. That's pretty cool. And so they are theorizing that this could be a simple and economically friendly uh, repellent that farmers could use on their cattle uh, without having to resort to pesticides and other uckier ways of doing it. Yeah, especially if you're in an area with that has like bugs that give diseases or like West Nile mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah. And then I think in turn, I could just paint myself with stripes whenever I go camping. I think you'd fit right in. No one would question that That's at all. Right. That's right. And I would definitely avoid predators. <laughs> yes, of course. Maybe not human <laughs> predators, but everything else. No. Uh, so, yeah, that's a uh, zebra can't change its stripes. <laughs> that's delightful. Well, my news is a uh, small but significant uh, 
PlayStation 5 has been announced to come out in 2020. So good. Another one. Yeah. The first thing I want to say to this is kind of a little rant that I I'm still on a PlayStation 3. I'm still catching up on those games. I still have them. I haven't played them all yet. And there's PlayStation 4 is already out and it's old now. And now PlayStation 5 is coming out. And so some of the things are improving. Apparently, they haven't announced everything it's going to have, but it's going to have finally a solid state drive, which I think they're behind on that. They should have had that four um, instead of a spinning ring. Costs were still real high. Yeah, real now high. they're super cheap to do those. So it makes sense. Uh, so they'll improve efficiency, loading times, all those things by a lot. That's because that's one thing is PlayStation's always been kind of mocked for is their loading times are always the, the longest. Um, another thing that's kind of cool, though, is their controllers will be different. Instead of the rumble pack that they've kind of had since, you know, N64, um, the controllers that rumble, they're going to have um, adaptive resistance in the buttons, first of all, where it the buttons will be harder to push depending on what you're trying to do in the game. And some games may use more of this than others, but so okay. kind of like you're pushing down on something to get a button to go down, that kind of thing. Um, and also they'll have more adaptive things of how much it rumbles depending on what you're doing. So being thrown against the wall or something explodes, it'll be a bigger rumble. So it's kind of more of a feel from the controller um, and, okay, hap- and cool. haptic feedback as well when you touch things like a phone. So um, those are probably very expensive controllers, I would imagine, because they already are. But just don't touch them. Just, just don't ever touch the controllers. It'll be fine. You so, bought it. It's real nice. Just never use it. So my new lady friend, Jolie, plays a lot of video games more than I have in a long time. And so I'm excited about the opportunity to catch up because she's like actually excited about watching me play some of her favorite games and seeing it from my, my perspective. What, I'm like, what game does she want you to play? It's the uh, first one. Well, her favorite series is Zelda. So Breath of the Wild, All she right. really wants me to get into. But she's playing through uh, Fallout 4 right now. And so I'm excited to play okay. through Fallout 4. That'd be so exciting. So I've never played uh, that yet. I, I recommend Borderlands 3. Been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think she's a, a fan of the first person shooters. And stuff, it, it, it's crazy. Good times. Yeah, I'm excited to play it. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, my nerdy news. All right. PlayStation 5. Those sons of bitches. Yep. More money. <laughs> that's right. Well, that takes us into our first bit. Uh, I've prepared a little bit of a game before we get into our zombie list mm-hmm. to wet our palates a little bit. Perfect. And I call this game Runner Walk. All right. Where I'm going to name uh, seven zombie films, and German's got to tell me whether uh, the zombies run or walk. It's a big distinction. It is. Fast moving versus slow moving zombies is a big debate in the, uh, in the arena. I might actually do well at this. I'm going to get six out of seven correct. So I'm guessing now. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. Zombie land. Uh, those would be uh, running zombies. Yes, that's correct. Running zombies. Woo. Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Slow walking. That is correct. Woohoo. Train to Basan. Oh, I think those are fast zombies. Those are runners. Yeah. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. Uh, slow walkers. Those are slow walkers. <laughs> Land of the Dead. Slow walkers. That is correct. Yes. 28 days later. Those are fast zombies. That is correct. Those are runners. Some of the fast. Last one. I think it was the first one that had the fast zombies, at least. One of them, probably. Uh, And then Dawn of the Dead 2004. I still think it was slow. 
I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Oh, <laughs> that was the first Romero where they broke with the pact. Uh, and it's actually my favorite depiction of zombies, huh. honestly, because the idea is, is that when the outbreak has first hit, there are some that can still run and still perform. Mm-hmm. But then as they deteriorate and the zombifacians more, they become the shamblers that we know. That makes logical sense as their, their muscles start to rot and that kind of thing. Absolutely. And the, the walking dead sort of followed that same key where at the beginning they're much more volatile and faster and then they kind of shamble well they never ran in walking dead no they did not but they they were certainly more active right more agile i guess yeah um all right so you got you were right you got (laughs) six out of seven that's crazy missed on the dead 2004 and not by much there's literally i think only one scene where they show zombies running oh okay gotcha it's right right towards the beginning and i had not seen i think two or three of those movies so that's pretty good all right, good job. Six out of seven. That might be the best score in the history of the show. Well, I think I got all correct on something. Maybe Ian not. Ian Cohen got like 10 out of 11 oh. or something on Technobabble. Really, if I remember correctly, really hard questions. Back, yeah. Really, like he got real trivia right. So. <laughs> yeah, because he's a real life rocket scientist. And we we're saying, is this Technobabble or a real life thing? And he actually had to argue with us on some of them. He's like, actually, that's kind of real. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he, I think he got 10 out of 11. He kicked our ass. Pretty good. Um, All right. So that takes us into our judgment of Collider's 21 best zombie movies of all time list. Woohoo. I knew that was going to (laughs) be it. I kid you not. I knew that that was going to be it. Plus, I think you used it for another episode at some point. I think we talked about one particular zombie film, maybe. Because, yeah, it feels like this is like retreading something. (laughs) Maybe we just did this already. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so funny. Listeners, let us know if we did this already. We're doing it again with a new perspective four years later. Right. All right. So at the bottom of the top 21 list, we have Night of the Comet. (laughs) I've never heard of this film. Uh, <laughs> I have. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's campy. Uh, it's very, very aware of what it is, and kind of uh, speaks to and has a, a lot of homage kind of stuff to a lot of the other films. Romero specifically. Um, it's nineteen eighty four. It's just a lot of fun. It's much. It's much sillier. Gotcha. In the spectrum of zombie films, but still does a very good job. I am noticing the Star Trek connection it has Robert Beltran is in it. And he plays uh, Chakotay on uh, Star Trek Voyager. Ah. He's not had much of a career outside of that. So at least he's in this movie, 1984. So there you go. Hey, good for him. Yeah, good for him. So do you think it deserves the 21 spot? I think if anything, it might deserve a little bit higher. That being oh. said, I don't know some of these other movies, I don't think. So who am I to judge? Well, I'll have to watch Night of the Comet then. I'll, I'll check that one out for fun. All right. So uh, next on the list, we got uh, Dead Snow, 2009. This one was a film about uh, uh, Nazis coming out of the snow and coming back to life um, for some reason. In the like, Alps or something. I can't remember. I did see this movie, but I can't remember why. I rented it, I think, when I worked at Blockbuster. Like This would have been right in the time I was working at Blockbuster. And I remember only getting through about 15 minutes of it and going, how the hell with this? I think it is in German, right? Or not German. Yeah. It's in uh, Norwegian. Nordic something. Norwegian. There we go. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought um, it was fun. All right. Do you think it deserves a spot in the top top twenty one? Well, depending on else we see it in this list, maybe. Um, but right. it was. I thought it was a good, interesting idea, a good twist on the zombie thing, Nazis. Okay, <laughs> zombie Nazis. Can't wait till we get to one that we've actually seen. 
Like well, for real. I, well, I have seen this one just a long time ago. I just don't remember. Yeah, that's a problem with the first one too. <laughs> Cemetery Man. This one is uh, in the eighteen, uh, the nineteen spot. This one's surprising because this is based off of uh, a comic series called Dylan Dog, which they also did a movie of. Oh, with, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. They made a movie with, of in two thousand four, uh, I think, with um, with uh, Brandon, Brandon Routh. Yeah, there we go. I yeah. It, it was sort of his fall from. Uh, fall from grace so to speak that is odd timing because they just announced that they're making a new dylan dog good yeah and I, I, i've seen articles around the internet about that so that's weird this popped up so cemetery man um cemetery man did you see i've this? never seen it oh you have no. so what's no. it about uh apparently it's a zombie movie with a love story it's all about sex and death friendship and deception a surrealist satirical and stylish trip to the brink Splendid visuals, knockout performances. Okay, well, you know, it seems like the like the story of the corpse corpse bride kind of. Yeah, that seems right. It's got Rupert Everett, who. Uh, oh, you that know. you know it's good then. Yeah. It's super British. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, 19 spot. We'll see if that belongs there. I'm gonna say no. The hell with that movie. <laughs> so we have three remakes of Dylan Dog. They're really trying to get that story out there. That's right. All right. So then we got in the 18th spot, which already seems low because this is a great movie. 20, wait, 28 weeks later. Yeah, I love this movie. Uh, it's part of the fast moving zombie genre, obviously. Uh, and it just it's one of those movies that is just the, the zombies are brutal. Yeah, just brutal. Now, is this, this is the sequel then, I guess, because 28 days later was the first one. Yes, and then there was eventually an intention for there to be a 28 months later, but then 28 weeks later did so poorly that it didn't okay. happen. In that case, I forgot this is the sequel. This belongs in this spot, not not in the top spot. Yeah. Okay. There might be, I think that, I'm, I feel like there might be some movies above, ahead of this that I don't think should be there, but you're right. This one's not nearly as good as the original. Right. But it has Robert Carlyle, who you guys might know from uh, uh, being Rumpelstiltskin in Once Upon a Time. Apparently, this oh, also man, has great. Idris Elba as well. and. Rose Byrne, so good cast. Imogene Poots, yeah, poops. Imogene Poots, <laughs> just a fun name <laughs> to say. <laughs> uh, all right, Night of the Creeps, nineteen eighty six. Uh, this one falls very much into the same category as the first one we talked about. It's a, it's, it's like a, a homage horror comedy, very kooky zombie film. A lot of fun to watch. A good popcorn flick. So you saw this one, yes. Oh, so you've seen all the kooky ones, apparently. <laughs> Christian and I used to rent bad horror films a lot. Your brother. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, it's a fun thing to do. Uh, I love it, bad movies. It's also a sci-fi B-movie. There's like some alien aspect to it. and I think it's right up your alley. You'd enjoy it. Nice. That's the 17th spot, something like that. I guess. It belongs on the list. So then we got 16th spot paranorman 2012 uh stop motion animated maybe just a uh, cgi animated uh it's stop motion it's like a like a like a who did kubo and oh god what else Coraline. let's look at got anna kendrick uh christopher mince plus casey affleck uh huge voice cast john goodman um i don't i feel like i've seen 15 minutes of this one three times would it, would it be good for kids or is it too scary? Like for young kids? I don't know. My, my kid, my kid's not the best judge of that. Cause she's been watching nightmare before Christmas since she was like nine months old. She loves it. <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, she also loves Coraline, which is also super dark and maybe yeah. not for kids, but if it's on the same level, then probably, probably your kid would be okay with it. 
But All right. Dredge it on how scared your kid gets. Gotcha. I didn't realize there were zombies in Paranorman, but. Yeah, I guess I didn't either. I've only seen the first 15 minutes, like three times. Huh. Well, apparently it's got <laughs> uh, witches and, and ghosts and everything else. So it's like not just a zombie movie. So I don't think this belongs in this list, but. Yeah, the hell with it. Get it out of here, Paranorman of here. piece of shit. So, uh, the next one, 15, Zombieland. I can tell you right now that I'm going to be disappointed at a lot of the movies that are ahead of Zombieland on this list. Right. It was kind of riding on the coattails of Shaun of the Dead, uh, which probably was like four or five years earlier from this movie. But because being a comedic, big action zombie film. Um, yeah. And I, th- I I love this movie. I thought it perfectly captured sort of the silly nature of the post-apocalypse zombie world. Um, it really um, like Americanized the violence, I'll say. <laughs> And made it literally made it into a game in the movie uh, that that lended a lot of levity to the fact that these people were living and dying day by day in reality. Yeah. In this zombie land. And the, uh, and I'm excited for the sequel, which is kind of what inspired this episode. That's true. We didn't mention that at the beginning, but that's kind of why, uh, but it absolutely belongs on this list. I'm so excited. There's a second one and I'm going to be disappointed at some of the stuff that beat it. Yeah, and Bill Murray had his great cameo in this movie. So. Oh my gosh, Bill Murray's cameo is spectacular. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. I have to rewatch it before the new one comes out. So then we have uh, Planet Terror, 2007. This was part of a double feature the, movie. Um, the Grindhouse. The Grindhouse, yeah. With uh, this one, this segment was ro- directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, uh-huh, and then Death Proof. Death Proof. Was directed by someone else, I don't remember. Quentin Tarantino. Okay, yeah, there you go. That's the one. And uh, but this I like both of them, actually. Some people say Planet Terror was crappy or they say Death Proof was crappy. I think both of them are really fun and silly. Um, great action. A really hot Rose McGowan at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mar- Marley Shelton's OK, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I complain. But it, 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 it's sort of it's a modern play on campy, like 70s sci fi horror. In that they literally like the camera cuts out a few times, those sort of tricks as well. Yeah. Um, she has a gun for a leg. It's all very over oh, the I forgot top. About People that. get diseased and like explode. <laughs> it's there's a lot going on in this film, but if you're down to like eat a bunch of popcorn and just be entertained and kind of crazed by a zombie film, this is a good pick for you. Also has cameos from um, Josh Brolin, Bruce Willis. So I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. N- not better than zombie land. No, but yeah, that's true. Why is it above zombie land? That's crazy. See, that's the thing. I think there's gonna be a lot of those where I'm like, Nope, not as good. <laughs> so next we this have one, uh, though, train to Busan better. 2016. Uh, I still have not seen this. Sadly, this uh, is j- just spectacular, just spectacular. Uh, uh, it's basically about business people and commuters on a train as the zombie apocalypse occurs throughout the city. Nice. And spreads. And then, you know, of course, and in fact, it gets on the train. And so it's about them getting from one compartment to the other. And all these things that are small movements become these huge high stake moments. Yeah. Like um, movies work really well and they force themselves into a small area and don't make it too big and that kind of thing. And it's a movie that like that really demonstrates the human sacrifice of the of like the survival situation and how the bonds are what, you know, continue to make us human in the situations. It's absolutely great. I totally agree it belongs on this list and i actually agree that this is better than zombie land all right and this is more of a straight up drama horror not not any comedy aspects there there are a few moments of levity and there's a character that you that you like and kind of adds levity but it is in no way a comedy there's nothing 
Gotcha. Super funny about it. Well, I've only heard There's wonderful li- things little moments it. to pull you out here and there, but that's about it. That's good. You need those moments. All right. So the next we have next. is the beyond 1981. Um, I have not heard of this. I have no idea. Nothing. But the image for it is this girl with a giant hole in her head and it was pretty good make practical effects for 1981. So I'd say it looks interesting. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> That's sure. all I can say. <laughs> I don't think it's better in Zombieland. I've never seen a, it, but I just don't think it is. Looks like it's an Italian or uh, South American film. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, the next one is Day of the Dead. And this is sort of an interesting choice because this movie is polarizing for a lot of Romero fans. 1985. Um it's sort of the continuation of the human race. And there are these people that have been living in a military base protecting this doctor who is doing experiments on how to turn the zombies back. Oh, and if they still have cognitive ability um, and they kind of train one, but then of course an outbreak happens and, and even this, this very fragile system they have set up collapses. Um, but it shows like zombies interacting and being almost human a theme that is continued in the movie land of the dead um, that I, I honestly am not a huge fan of. It's still a good zombie film. So it's all the good times of a zombie film, but meh. that's why I've always wondered if walking dead was ever going to go there where there's somehow a zombie that turned back or they finally find a way to, you know, convert them into some kind of human again, but they haven't gone there over the 11 seasons they're going to have now. So we'll see. Um, the so- next one, the serpent and the rainbow. <laughs> Starring Bill Pullman from 1988. I don't know what this is. (laughs) Directed by Wes Craven, apparently. And this seems to be more based off of the Haiti, Haitian voodoo aspect Mm. uh, of zombies in that they're like bewitched spirits who are controlled by an individual and have a master. Um, But I don't know what this is, really. Wow. Bill Pullman, Wes Craven movie. Okay. If he's not giving the speech Independence Day, I don't know if I care that much. No, absolutely not. And that's the right answer for every other movie he's ever been in. Uh, so next we have. So I'm going to uh, say, no, it's not better than some of the other stuff on this list. Already. Yeah. Next, we have Reanimator 1985 with wonderful Jeffrey Combs, who's in every Star Trek ever. Uh, he's um, amazing. Yeah, he's a great character actor. He's been around a long time. I loved him in Frighteners. Oh, I love Frighteners, too. Um, his villain in Frighteners is extremely disturbing. Uh, and it's very no different in this film. Uh, I remember Christian and I rented this and and the movie its sequel Beyond Reanimator. <laughs> and for a long time, Beyond Reanimator was my Wi-Fi password. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, that's so funny. A long time ago, back in college. <sighs> uh, and it's about like uh, like misunderstood, driven down scientist who is finally pushed to the brink and tries his experiment and it ends up going well and then. And then, you know, like kills his boss and then reanimates his boss's head and accidentally reanimates a cat and wrestles a cat puppet at one point. <laughs> uh, this is over the top in a very different way than a lot of the other zombie films. Uh, like at one point, uh, the, a disembodied human skull zombie head animated uh, uh, eats out a woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> like this happens in this movie. Um <laughs> This is another one. Like, if you've had a few drinks and you want to, you know, eat six hot dogs or something, watch Reanimator. Six hot <laughs> it's dogs. Ri- it's ridiculous. Where, where do the hot dogs come into play? <laughs> I don't know. It's like you go to your freezer and you're like, oh, what do I have? And you have a pack of hot dogs that are all frostbitten as shit. 
You're drunk. You're like, fine, whatever. You just throw them all in the microwave, still in the package. <laughs> and you're going to your, your Amazon Prime. You're like, what can I watch? What can I watch? You're like, oh, Stargate. And you click Stargate, and it's like, you need a, like, yeah, this isn't available for Prime. You can go, oh, it's available for Prime. <laughs> this and is too specific. Then you, that you has to have happened to you before. And then you realize that, that the hot dogs have been in for seven and a half minutes, <laughs> and you are in so much trouble. The microwave is broken. It exploded with the hot dogs, and it they're, smells they're terrible. They're just Slim Jims at this point. Yes. <laughs> smells like you dip them something you have them anyway though because you are just hungry and sad (laughs) and now you're watching reanimator oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that night it made me so depressed just hearing that see german improv is easy (laughs) you just gotta roll with it (laughs) well i haven't seen reanimator so maybe that night is in my future (laughs) oh man soon Get extra hot dogs. Just leave them in the freezer the first batch. for three months and then see what happens. Uh, okay, so the next on the list, I don't even know what's, what spot we're at yet. Zombie 2. With no E at the end, just Zombie, zombie 2. Right. Uh, so this was sort of a gimmick movie, but ended up being very good and is highly renowned. I've never seen it. <clears throat> but when Dawn of the Dead, Romero's film, was released in Italy, it had to be changed to Zombie with Z-O-M-B-I, no, no E on the end. Mm-hmm. And then this movie was Zombie 2, <laughs> even though it really in no way related to the first <laughs> movie that came out. And so when it came uh, out here, it was just called Zombie with an E, and that was it. <laughs> uh, so it's um, it's supposedly very good. The gore's on, on par and pays a lot of homage to Dawn of the Dead in the Romero films. But I don't really know a ton about it. I love the first sentence here. It says zombie versus shark. That's really all I should have to say. <laughs> that's right. And that's all I had to read before I gave up on this movie. <laughs> so that's in a high spot here. Maybe these aren't an order of importance. There's not any numbers next to them. So maybe it's just. Well, it's top 21. So in theory, it should be top to bottom. And the one at the bottom makes sense to me. So all I right. kind of got. Eh. Well, the next one we got is Dawn of the Dead 2004, which we talked about a little bit earlier, having the uh, one or two running zombies. Uh, I love this movie. Absolutely, this movie. And this was directed by Zack Snyder, written by George Romero and James Gunn. Right. Like, look at this dream team. Great characters, great drawn moments, um, progression in the story. You get to see all the different phases, sort of the apocalypse, the apocalypse through this snapshot of these survivors. Um, a couple real good action sequences, good scares. Uh, highly recommend. Ving Rhames is great in it. Yeah, I was about to say this is the, when Vinny Rains was still in movies besides the Mission Impossible series. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just, just spectacular. Just spectacular. Nice. I've seen it in a long time. Then we have The Return of the Living Dead in 1985. Have you seen uh, this? Another sequel to, a, to the Romero films, I believe. Mm. Um, yes, this is like B-movie horror. Takes place, if I remember correctly, in a small town where they... A zombie is cremated and the smoke that comes out is evil and like contaminates the earth and raises a bunch of other already dead people. Oh goodness. It's a little bit different in its zombiehood in that it literally raises the dead as opposed to people getting bitten and sort of the modern right. um, sort of knowledge that we have about how zombies work in film and in TV. Uh, but really over the top, if I remember correctly, a lot of nudity and just kind of, 
obscene stuff. This was this movie was made for teenage boys in, in 1985, <laughs> which a lot of movies were. Uh, yeah, here yes. it just says blood, boobs, and brains. That's what they said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the first movie, sort of in the modern cultural awareness, uh, where zombies were were specifically after brains. This is the first one, huh? Yeah, this came that came from Return of the Living Dead. Interesting. And in fact, Romero's were the first ones where zombies uh, had a desire to eat flesh. And that was a part of their shtick. Before that, it wasn't really a thing. I mean, yeah, the Romero's really just made Romero. Yeah, when, just people, made a, when, they, when people say that Romero defined the zombie genre, they are not exaggerating. He invented it. All the tropes that we know. Yes. And everything that's come since. Interesting. All right. So 1992 brings us Dead Alive. Uh, which I've um, heard good things in a cult st- status kind of way about this film. Yeah. It's one of Peter Jackson's early ones. It's kind of uh, grotesque and crazy. Uh, I don't remember that much about it. The gore is really over the top. And I th- this is the movie where a guy starts a lawnmower and then uses it to like <laughs> rapid shish kebab chop up like dozens of zombies. That sounds blood like fun. flying blood and guts flying everywhere. It's incredible. <laughs> I watched for that alone. Uh, so yeah, dead alive, check it out. If you like gory zombie films, it's gonna, it's gonna scratch that itch for you. And Peter Jackson. That's right. Peter Jackson. All right. What we got next? Uh, the next one is 28 days later, which we touched on earlier, 2002, uh, spectacular. Oh yeah. Like just spectacular. The, the music alone is worth it and crazy and drives the mood of the entire film. Um, I love movies that show like what becomes of humanity when there's no humanity left. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I love the, the, the zombie genre in general. Right. I think this movie probably set the stage for walking dead to later be created. Um, I'm sure this was an influence Robert Kirkman watching this because the guy literally is the same thing happens in the walking dead. He leaves the hospital and he, he wakes up to the world like this. Um, that's what happens in the walking dead. And, so. this, and these are fast moving zombies. It's caused by a virus and sort of the next couple movies are what lead me to believe that this is in the order that they intended it. All right. And 28 days later is part of that. So now we have night of the living dead, 1968. The first one, really? This is the one that did it. Well, I was uh, right in the description that night of the living dead is not the first zombie movie far from it, but it's the most famous first ones. Oh no! I mean, there's things I'll talk about it later in my in my second bit. Hmm. But yeah, there were plenty of zombie movies before this. But most of the time, uh, the delineation was that they were like of the the Haitian or voodoo zombie mythos, right? And this that was not the case here. This was something completely different. This was this is like maybe the first apocalyptic zombie in the way we think of it today. But and even like the survival within a house as they close in. And a lot of those tropes, the fact that the lead, the lead character was African-American at the time was in itself. Yeah, that was a big deal. Mind blowing. And then in the end, it, it becomes clear that it's this allegory for African-Americans in America anyway. Mm. Um, very well done. It defined the genre. And it's where George A. Romero started. And it all spawned from there, really. And that's in second place. That's in third. No, oh, third. Okay. So in second, and, then we have Shaun of the Dead 2004, which is a complete classic. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's just absolutely wonderful. It's just it's like gives you those happy feels. 
Yeah, and not only did they did they make a good comedic m- movie, but they also made a good zombie film. It, yeah, it was, it was thrilling, scary, but also hilarious at the same time. You know, the stakes were real between his mom and you know his stepdad and and his moment as he lost his friend. Like you get you, you got to go through an entire range of emotions, which is not something that a ton of zombie films can say. And that's something that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg really did well with the Coronado trilogy of movies. Cornetto, Coronado. Um, sorry, don't we don't have that ice cream over here, folks. Um, but that they were, <laughs> uh, yeah, just funny, but also had meaningful touching moments. But they say, yeah, it makes them all around emotional experience instead of just like a you know standard action flick or something. So yeah, Shaun of the Dead absolutely belongs on this list because it, it was two great types of movies in one. And that's hard to pull off. Definitely. Check it out if you haven't. And then at the top of the list, and this one I, I agree with, uh, Dawn of the Dead 1978, the original. Right. This was filmed in the Monroeville Mall. Where's, I think German got to go, right? Where's that? Uh, Monroeville in Pittsburgh. Did I? Or it, Monroeville is a town next to Pittsburgh. I think we went. Did we go to a real terrible mall? I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't know. We may have. May have. Uh, but yeah, the Monroeville Mall. Supposedly, some second cousin type Baumans are in it. Oh, nice. Some of your extended family. Supposedly. I don't know if there's any truth to that. Um, And it's uh, a group that make it to a mall and they survive within. Uh, This has the added bonus uh, that the new Dawn of the Dead doesn't in that they are then inundated and attacked by bikers, raiders. (laughs) Uh, And so it's not only them defending themselves from the dead, but them defending themselves from other people. Right. Uh, and it's very clever um, and very well done. And it really takes the time to develop. It doesn't move fast, which is just great. Hmm. So not in a boring, slow way, but an interesting way. No, like you see a guy like a, one of them uh, figures out that the only stairway they can't block is a specific one. So he goes and breaks into like a hardware store in the mall and then gets supplies and makes a fake wall to nice. cover the stairway. I think I've only seen parts of this and it was always on TNT late at night. That Billy Bob monster movie. Oh, I remember that one thing. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. People our age might remember the days of um, hosted movies on cable TV where you'd have some funky host that'd be hosting late night B movies. And they between commercial breaks, they'd like comment on the movie and say funny quips. And then they go back to the movie. And there's a lot of those. And they're a lot of fun. Yeah. I remember that a lot on TBS, TNT, USA. Oh, yeah. A lot of those kinds of dinner in a movie um, dinner in a movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but because this one, I, I agree that if there was a top that this would be at the top of it. Truthfully, I need to rewatch it. Highly recommend both dawns of the dead, but 1978 is a classic without a doubt. Nice. Uh, that right. I guess and completes that, our list. That does. It completes the top 21 zombie films. Some of them we haven't seen, but the ones we have, uh, check them out if we endorsed them. I don't think they missed any big, huge zombie movies, um, so that's good. No, there, there's none specifically I could think of. Uh, the one that isn't on here that I enjoyed uh, is Pontypool. Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, it's where zombie virus or effect is transferred through uh, human speech and radio waves effectively. Hmm. Uh, very good. Highly recommend. Another one from New Zealand called Wormwood has a very interesting take on, on zombies where they like burp gasoline and <laughs> they use zombies to fuel their vehicles. It's real strange, but good. 
Oh, and there is a classic that uh, they definitely missed out on. It's it was on Netflix. Um, I think it was called Weed Zombies. I don't know, something like that. But basically, there's <laughs> a bunch of college students and they found out the way not to turn into a zombie was to always be high. So you had to constantly find new sources of marijuana. And that's how you survived the night. Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> And terrible. I can't believe I missed that one. I forgot what it was called. Why isn't that one on the list? I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I hear you have some right. facts for us about actual real life zombies in a way. Well, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. So zombies through time is what I called it, but I don't know if that's really effective or not. <laughs> uh, so ancient Greeks may have been the first uh, to sort of start the, the zombie mythos. Uh, a lot of burial sites can be found where bodies were prepared and and made ready and then they were they they had like giant heavy things or boulders laid on top of them mm. or were restrained as if to stop them from raising from the dead interesting um the first recorded use of it is in a uh, a history of brazil uh from 1819 written by a robert southey famous poet uh and then got mentioned again about right at the beginning of, of the 1900s uh, in a West African Kimbundu to Portuguese dictionary hmm. where it divine the zombie was derived from the zombie, ah. which is a wandering tormenting spirit or soul. Interesting. What that was that in like came from? 1903 or something like that. Um, but zombie first entered the, the real Western uh, world and nomenclature. Uh, with a book that got some success called The Magic Island in 1929. And this was shortly followed up by a crazy popular Bela Lugosi movie called White Zombie in 1932. Ah, and those gotcha. two things really cemented the word and sort of the concept in the human mind. Because there's a weird word. I wonder where that came from. Now, mind you, both of these were, as I mentioned before, the more traditional voodoo zombies, Haitian voodoo, where spirits would be entranced or murdered and then raised, but they were serving a master and they were slaves to a master. Right. Um, and that is the imagery that continued in TV and movies uh, until 1968, when a young guy named George Romero released Night of the Living Dead, uh, which was inspired by the book I Am Legend, the novel, uh, I, which I, I also recommend. Spectacular. Great. Novel. Don't watch the movie. Read the book. Great. Novel. Movie's fine if it wasn't called I Am Legend, but um, it the, was a different thing. Yeah. The book is really good. Um. And uh, then, as I said, George Romero changed everything. Was, uh, the first depiction of zombies needing flesh, Return of the, Zo- uh, of the Dead in 85 was the first one of brains, as I mentioned. Uh, so then the, the, the sort of hit its popularity in the 80s and started to wane in the U.S. But just as it exited the U.S. consciousness, it entered the Japanese consciousness ah. and really took hold in the form of a crazy resurgence of games. Uh, the two most popular of which came out of that were Resident Evil and House of the Dead. Yes, yes. Huge in the 90s. Uh, and House of the Dead was actually the first major depiction of fast-moving zombies. That game is hard as heck. It is. So then this popularity led to another U.S. resurgence in the early 2000s where we started getting film versions of these crazy popular video games that made to the U.S. So you got the House of the Dead movie. And the Resident Evil series movie started then in the early 2000s. Which Mila Jovovich is in. She's wonderful. She can do no wrong. Um, <laughs> and, and sort of once again rode a wave where it got crazy popular. You had Dawn of the Dead again in 2004. And then the public kind of started falling out of love of it. The quality dipped. 
Uh, late, late 2000s, you get the beginning of Walking Dead. Uh, but honestly, Walking Dead is one of the few kind of serious depictions of zombies that's still kind of in the mainstream. And it's, you think it's waning because the ratings are waning, but then they're making a spinoff series. And we'll talk about that later. And they still have uh, Fear the Walking Dead. And then we had um, it's a whole universe now. World War Z, uh, which was originally a book written by Mel Brooks's son. Uh, Max Brooks. Yeah. In conjunction zombie with the U.S. Man. government and CDC, he actually got real life things of how you would survive a zombie apocalypse and that kind of thing. And what would actually happen? What, how would it, uh, this society work with that? And then they took that and made the weird Brad Pitt movie, which we understand why it didn't make the list. Yeah. And then since 2010, um, uh, with a few exceptions, a lot of the ideas of um, zombies have been kind of romanticized in films in recent years. Uh, the movies that come to mind are Warm Bodies, uh, the depiction of zombies in American Gods, uh, mm. The Corpse Bride, the show Pushing Daisies, uh, movies like Life After Beth and Fido all sort of take zombies and look at them in a nostalgia, almost romantic kind of way. Yeah. And then you have I zombie on TV, very popular, uh, uh the Santa Clarita diet yep. on Netflix. So you get this kind of more lighthearted entries into the, the mix. That's true. And now it sort of brings us to present. So yeah, what I'm interested to see what the heck happens with zombies. Yeah. It's going to go somewhere, probably dip again and come right back. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, in the trailer reviews, we're going to talk about a new Walking Dead show. Maybe that'll be the thing that brings it back. So there you go. Let's do that. All right. Well, since I just mentioned it, let's talk about Walk of... So I could only find this titled as Walking Dead Universe News Show. Yeah. And on the, the poster they have <laughs> on IMDb, it says Walking Dead New Show. <laughs> so I mean... Don't really know. So we're going to go ahead and play the trailer here. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's called Monument Day because we are all monuments to the past. My dad is off laying the groundwork to change the world. To someday, far in the future, get us back to where we were. It may take generations to regain the level of sophistication our science will need. But my father has started the journey for us all. There are 9,671 people here. This is your life. You have to have seen enough to know what that means. City's like 10 times bigger and cooler than this place. It's all gonna be gone by the time I'm old enough to decide to go see it by myself. We're gonna be gone. We are the masters of our fate. How do we form our fate? You really think the world's gonna end? You didn't want dad to go, but he went and now he may be in trouble. If we get there, I mean, what's gonna happen? If we get there, we'll be different. We'll be ready. I came out here to see what the world is, start to finish. I don't intend to finish before I start. You should be scared every time every single time that you are outside those walls. I need to make my life count. It's all I can do. Really, it's all any of us can do. We are the endlings. The younglings. <laughs> what? 
Hope they don't call it so that. So what do you think of this CW show? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Some guy was in an elevator smoking a cigar, talking to the other executive. And he's like, okay, get this. Zombies, the big time stuff. But also people love these shows with teenagers. They're real pretty. And we put them together. You got this uh, Walking Dead new show. It's going to be great. <laughs> you got my attention, kid. Keep talking. <laughs> I knew I would. As he just swallows his cigar. <laughs> That's how we used to do it. <laughs> so... It does look a lot different tonally, um, like even the, the cinematography is a lot lighter and more colorful than the other two shows. Um, and just a lot it of appears teenagers. to be about like the next generation of Walking Dead. They appear to be holed up on some sort of university. Yeah, they're going to and class in and stuff. school or something. It, it just looks like I don't know what they want me to think about this show. I really don't. It looks like a CW show that I won't I wouldn't watch. Yeah, this might be the first one. I just, just not going to be even trying to watch because pretty just, white kids with zombies. It's not targeted to me at all, which is fine. It's just not for me. I don't think. And, and my hope at this point is that they showed us that to throw us off and it's going to be dark and it's going to be in the, the Walking Dead universe. Maybe not. Maybe they are trying to expand their market in that way. Oh, I, I totally think they are. It's a smart idea because they, they show Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead kind of waning. They're going to push this one a little bit more in a different direction, and they'll have maybe somehow a comedy down the line or something. I don't know, but it looks uh, it looks well-made, big budget. but Yeah, I mean, they're throwing money behind it. It's got young talent, none of which I recognize, but I assume they're like People. talented kids. <laughs> um, I... I'm going to give this Gary Busey attacking people in the street. <laughs> I'm going to give. I'm a zombie. I'm going to bite you. <laughs> I'm going to give this uh, a Gary Busey being attacked by that other Gary Busey. <laughs> oh, God, it's on my shoulder. Oh, it's me. Oh, God. <laughs> Stand still so I can bite you. All right. You're me. I'll listen. <laughs> oh, that, that really hurts. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, those two, those two Gary Buseys represent this show. Yeah. All right. So All right. next we have um, the new trailer for Picard, which I am so beyond excited for. We'll play that. Yeah. Don't pee during this. <laughs> Would you like to finish it, Captain? I don't know how. That is not true, sir. Oh, it's all right, number one. I came here to find safety. But one is never safe from the past. Please, sir. Someone's after me. I have an appointment. Your name, please, sir. Picard. P-I-C-A-R-D. It's nice to see you up and around again. We have an obligation to investigate. There is no we, Jean. Admiral, I am standing up for the Federation, for what it should still represent. This is no longer your house, Jean-Luc. Go home. I have to help her. You really want to go back out into the cold? More than ever. I have a plan. Another top secret, unauthorized rescue mission. This is everything that ever mattered to me. I'm going with you. I need your skill and your courage. The past is written. <sighs> but we are left to write the future. Hold on. She was sent for a reason. I'll get the information we need. 
I help people who have no one else to help them. Hello, Will. Jean-Luc. <laughs> we all have a story. We're just waiting to be claimed. Thank you for not trying to talk me out of all this. <laughs> Believe me, I know better. <laughs> so, fans of Star Trek will see many familiar faces in this trailer, more than the last one. Uh, Seven of Nine, of course, is back from the last one, but also Riker and Troy are right there. Uh, and it's, uh, Brent Spinner, Spiner. Data, or in theory, before realistically, I think that's just a dream scene. Um, and it's actually, yeah, I think in that way it could be Data. Yeah, just that particular one at least. And then his hair is just look really weird. I didn't mind that his face. Yeah, looks, they did make him look strange. But this is the hair is wrong. Like I don't mind his face being more fat because he's older and that thing. But like, just I don't know what that wig was. It was weird. Um, but Riker and Troy look great. I think that's me probably one episode as well. I don't think they're going to be in the whole series or something. Um, I, I think seven of nine might be in more than we're expecting. I think so. Yeah. She seems to be very involved her and, uh, um, the other board guy. So, so what do you think this is about? Cause I've got my theories. There's two things I've, I've gained. I think one, the girl that incites him to go off on this mission, I think has, is a mixture of him, his DNA and the Borg. Um, and they must have created her because it also ages correctly when first, um, not first contact, but when he um, had the episode where he was assimilated by the Borg and became um, Locutus, they took his DNA and somehow made her. So she's like half Borg, half human, kind of full hybrid. Yeah, I, I think she, she's the new incarnation of the Borg queen. And I think she's uh, has directly involved with him. That's why he wants to get involved. Um, and she's aged correctly for when that that happened in real life. So it works. Yeah, true. Um and then they also flashed it real quickly, uh, kind of like a Android type of army or something or a bunch of androids standing in a row that were unactivated. Um, and then he starts talking to the, the admiral saying, this is not what Starfleet is about. And I think it's because they had an episode about this in the past where they wanted to stop Starfleet from using androids or holograms as labor um, or as an army, especially the whole data episode where he. They say he has autonomy. You can't just make these creatures because then you're creating consciousness. And so I think they, they decide to go ahead and do that. And now he's pissed at them. So he takes off from Starfleet. That's my theories. See, I think that this entire season or show is going to be the, the, the final arc of the Borg sort mm -hmm. of arc for John Luke, which as a character he needs resolution on. That makes sense. Um, and I think that this whole thing is about, you know, the Borg were defeated at the end of first contact in theory, quote unquote. I know Voyager has other things to say, um, <laughs> but this is Starfleet taking their technology and trying to hijack it. I think what we saw was Starfleet's own Borg army. That's possible. At least Borg integrated. We, we saw multiple shots of a green laser fire, which is pretty much specific to the Borg That's in Star true. Trek from what I've seen. Uh, we saw it being shot out of what appeared to be a Federation ship. And then we also saw uh, sort of a, a version of the Borg cube, but different, yeah. a little bit more refined uh, and, and we'll say more industrial looking is probably the best way to put it. So I think that this is Jean-Luc like objecting to them effectively keeping an army of slaves. Sure. And so it's similar to what you said. Borg technology in general is a bad idea. Yes. And then that's why seven of nine is going to get involved. 
maybe maybe a new board consciousness has booted up and she can feel it you know yeah but but this this entire is going to be the completion of the borg arc for jean-luc picard and they even brought back an, a borg who was in two episodes of next generation i believe called hugh um he's the one borg that they in during next generation made him leave the collective on his own just by talking to him and reasoning him out of the collective and he shut himself off from the collective and so he actually started using the terms me instead of we or something like that and so then they kind of released him to the world and so there's he flashes a couple times in this trailer and he's been doing the press tours as well so um him and he's involved somehow so maybe he goes back so this to the collective. is all about this is all about jean-luc discovering that starfleet has started to use borg technology i can see that happening that's exactly what this is. It's definitely Borg heavy. And if it is, I think Q needs to return because he's the I'm first so person to show them excited. the Borg in the first place. I'm so excited. He better show up. Borg are like my favorite sci-fi villains maybe ever in any genre. And I am so excited to see a whole show about it. Me too. And Q is just amazing. If you watch any of his episodes, he's just hilarious and wonderful. Is he back? I don't know yet. I hope that I think they're keeping that as a secret, but that'd be a wonderful thing if they put that even at the end. He's like, well, you finally did it, John Luke. You stopped the Borg after all this time. <laughs> that would be so great. I'm proud of you. <laughs> now go do it again. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, I'm, I'm willing to bet that we that this show, however many seasons it lasts, will die. will end with the death of John Luke. Picard. I think it'd be fine. And the too. completion of his arch in setting the Borg free or whatever the hell the resolution looks like. Even if they just do one season of this with a full planned out start, middle, and end, or three seasons, I'd be maybe so happy that'd be great. Because how many can they plan on Patrick on Patrick Stewart doing? He's finally starting to seem his age. He is old, man. Up until like three years ago, though, he seemed young and virile as hell. But now, the last few things, I, interviews I've seen of him, he's finally getting there. You know, he's finally he's starting to feel poke it. around the edges. Yeah, finally, <laughs> he's still in good shape, but he's old. Oh yeah. Uh, so this one gets, um, I don't know, like, like four Raul Julia's, uh, one of which is like break dancing <laughs> on the street in Harlem while the other three are like, one's running the boom box and the other are hyping them up for like a medium, <laughs> medium sized crowd. That's kind of started to gather. That's so random. And then one of the third guy, he's the lookout for when the cops come and break that shit up. Oh, that's dangerous. That break dancing. That's right. Well, I give it run uh, boys run. <laughs> I give it four. Raul Julia's gleefully burning down a village. <laughs> uh, I can respect that. <laughs> and it's on a Tuesday. A Tuesday. <laughs> so our last trailer is lost in space. Season two. I know he's out there somewhere. I'm not going without him. How would we even know where to look for the robot? It's not like he left you a map. Or breadcrumbs to follow. Maybe he did. Maybe they're out there. What do you say, Robinsons? Ready to go through the looking glass? I'm gonna find him. All right. So that was uh, Lost Space Season 2. These all came, by the way, out at New York uh, Comic Con uh, this year. And uh, I really enjoyed the first season of Lost in Space. 
I thought it was slow starting and had some stumbles, but then it kind of found its footing and really love Parker Posey as the kind of the undercover villain. If, uh, as far as a reboot goes, I think they did a good job of paying homage to the original and had all the same elements, but didn't introduce them in the same way. So it kept it right. fresh and interesting, which you got to do in a way that a, a lot of redos can kind of not. And that's kind of why the new Battlestar Galactica works so well, because it took a lot of the familiar elements, but kind of made it its own, a new refreshing take on it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see more about the robot, which was kind of the breakout character this last season. I oh, hate yeah. to say uh, its origins, uh, who sent it, where it came from, um, the role it's going to play, the emotions it's formed, and then more fantastical survival problem solving sciencey stuff from the Robinsons, which honestly, I think TV needs more of. And this still it bugs me to this day from the rusted robot podcast. Uh, the co-host Josh watched the first episode of this and quit because he said it was so unscientific the way on that foreign planet that the ice froze and unfroze and the speed of which it froze and unfroze that he couldn't watch the rest of the show. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I still to this day want to get find a water space somehow science expert that knows the science behind that and can prove that it's possible just so he'll have to watch the rest of the show. <laughs> I don't know. Do we want him being a fan? I want him just to have to As do it fans, at that point. Do we need him? Because then he has to do it. I, I made him do it. I don't think he can do it. <laughs> so you really push him, and I'm going to use reverse psychology, and one of us will get him. Oh, yeah. We don't need to watch I, it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you can do it. I, don't, I, I mean, it might just be over your head. I get it. <laughs> Ooh, that would do it. That would do it. <laughs> I'm sure you're a lovely guy, Josh. <laughs> he is. He is. Uh, but yeah, the budget looks huge on this show as well. It looks beautiful. Um, so that's impressive on its own. So this is this is what we get the response from him on. I get a huge scientific thing about how it's just not possible for that water to freeze. Uh-huh. This is where we get the response from him. Like when I schooled him on Muppets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he took it very well. So that was good. Uh, all right. Well, we got some cool trailers. What's it? New York City Comic Con. The Super Bowl and San Diego Comic-Con are like our golden times of year for trailers. That's true. It works out well. More TV with New uh, York City Comic-Con, but less than movies. But yes, still good. much more so. All right. Uh, that takes us to some Radical Recommends. Sure does. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right. Well, for me, I had just a couple quick things. Um, not a lot of time to watch a lot of new stuff or consume anything. So I did uh, finish uh, Preacher. Uh, they put out their last episode. It's done now. So you can watch all what four season seasons. Just four. Four? Mm-hmm. Okay. It told a full arc story. It ended the way it wanted to end. And I think it was really well done. I think one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, just super fun to watch and great characters. Um, and then the new season of walking dead is out speaking of our theme of the episode. And I watched the first episode. I think they're going in a really fun, cool direction. It's, it's, it's definitely tonally changed. It's more, um, more comic booky now. Um, but I just think it's good. It shouldn't have such low rigs. I think it's doing really well and that's just, people should watch it. So that's my recommends for this week. All right. New season of walking dead. I've heard that it's, uh, the, the pace is quickened. I think so. A lot more action in last season and this season in, in every episode as opposed to a lot of dull lulls in, in like between nothingness. Episodes. Yeah, which exactly. is really what drove me away from the show. Yeah, understandable. Uh, my radical recommends comes from the deep dive of YouTube I usually do. And this is Vacuum Wars. 
uh, just the words vacuum wars in a row. We'll find it. Uh, and it's a guy who dedicates all his videos and does like side by side tests of every variation of vacuum that you can think of. <laughs> he compares like automatic vacuum floor sweepers. He compares the best hand vacuums. He compares the cheap, the best cheap hand vacuums. He compares the best cheap vacuums in general, the best stick vacuums, the best vacuums with carpet cleaning attachments. Uh, he gets new products and does reviews. And this is once again, one of those cases where somebody is so enthusiastic about something that it drives you to be enthusiastic about something that you normally would not care about. <laughs> well, and for me, I'm a super clean freak and you're your dad. So vacuums are important. Right. And honestly, I think that that might be what's doing it the best because you get to watch him like put down a trail of coffee grounds and then pick it up with a bunch of it's very soothing, satisfying. Almost. Yeah, <laughs> it's very satisfying in that way. Uh, but he really does some good side by side comparisons and talks about like, you know, the two best vacuums under 50 bucks. Nice. The two best vacuums that do well on both carpet and tile. You know, he does a lot of that kind of stuff and he has a ton of content. Oh, my gosh. Does this guy have a ton of content? Wow. And he needs uh, more so vacuum wars. Check it out. I recommend he has under all these things. I try to find, I try to find things that have under 50,000 subscribers, which is still a lot, which is still a lot, but they're not the, they're not the guys scraping in and making their living off of YouTube. Probably not quite. Yet. They're the guys that still have day jobs. Yeah. There's really so good they have they to be do. extra passionate about this crazy stuff. They choose. <laughs> well, we appreciate you vacuum wars. Yeah. Check out vacuum wars on YouTube. Highly recommend. Nice. I think that takes uh, us to the end of our episode there, Steve. Yeah, because we have no thank you section. <laughs> I mean, I will throw a quick one out there, as always, to Mike or at Jarek for always retweeting our tweets. Thank you, sir. And watching, listening thank to our you, show. Thank you, Mike Jarek. Don't feel obligated because we mentioned you. You don't have to listen to our show anymore if you don't like it anymore. You can stop anytime you want, just so you know. <laughs> That's true. I gave my mom the same permission. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to listen. Uh, well, we but if you guys write us something, we will then thank you on the next episode. That's always the deal. So write us something, Facebook, Twitter, email us, anything at a play We'll get it. And then we'll thank you in the next episode. Yeah. And if you you I agree with this list, if you have any movies that were missed uh, movies that you thought shouldn't been on the list, let us know. What what you just want us to know that we are huge sacks of shit, just (laughs) write that down (laughs) and send it to us and we will thank you for it. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So in between now and then, uh, if we'll keep coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts, if you all come back and keep on being our nerdy audience, thanks again, internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to a play on nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. Uh, I had the team event. I think my kid's going to come up and say something to the podcast.
Oh. She escaped the room. <laughs> She's like a monkey that escaped her cage. All right, Joyce, what do you want to say to the podcast? I'm thinking what I should say. <laughs> what, sh- what should you say? I'm just going to say something to Uncle Jeremy. Oh, okay, say something to Uncle do. German. Good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> All right. He says good night, okay? Go see Mama. <laughs> that was so cute. And then all the way down the no. That's right. What's she My saying? voice travels down this cable. I just explained to her what the oh, microphone yeah. was last time. Down this cable and into the computer, and the computer sends my voice to Uncle German. And it goes in the buttons. That's right. It goes in the buttons. <laughs> Teaching her podcasting at a young age. That's right. We got to pass these skills on. Yeah. Play you on know, Nerds episode 1,000. marks. <laughs> See, in the future, we'll have episode 1,000 hosted by Joyce and my future child. That's right. They'll host it together. <laughs> You'll have triplets. Oh, God. Don't say that. Right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel yourself getting more tired. <laughs> I need to start working a lot more right now. <laughs> Only forever, though, until you die. Yeah, no problem. Which is also hey, the one. Hey, naked baby. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what is she you do? Poo-poo. You went poo-poo? Where did you go poo-poo? Yeah, I did. You went poo-poo on the potty? I know, I get the same way after I poop. So do my cats. All giddy and excited. (laughs) Just get frisky. (laughs) What's going on? And black and white, too. Why are you back? Because she wriggled out of my arms. <laughs> she, I have a troublemaker for, for a child. <laughs> She's at that age. Stand up here and you talk into here and you tell Uncle German you went poo poo. I went poo poo. Congratulations. He says, Congratulations. <laughs> I went poo poo. It is just that easy when they're this young.